from MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech. I'm Sherita Brent here today with Wills Couture, information technology expert with Newcore Steel Jackson Flowood, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surges in Hattiesburg. Today we are talking about gaming. What are the current available gaming systems? Are gaming consoles just for kids? How do today's systems differ from those of yesteryear? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. Let us know what game consoles you like to use and what all do you do with them. 877-672-7464 is the number or send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent here today with Wills Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel Jackson and Flowood. And Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Today, we're going to be talking about gaming. DJ Java Chapman is already getting us started here, getting us in the mood to talk about gaming throughout the hour. We'll talk about the current available gaming systems. Also, what gaming consoles are just for kids, or are there any that are just for kids, or are they interchangeable for kids and adults? How do today's systems differ from those of yesteryear? We'd love to hear from you today. Let us know what game consoles you use. Do you have any favorite games? Are you concerned about the games your kids are playing? And you want to know about parental controls? Let us know what kinds of things you use your game consoles for other than just game playing. 877-MPB-RING is the number. That's 877-672-7464. Additionally, if you have any general tech questions, you can call us with those as well at 877-MPB-RING or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Today I'm in studio alone. Uh, Jeremy is out on a job and also Wiltz is not even in Mississippi. So we'll start with you, Wiltz. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning. Apologize for all this noise. Can y'all hear me out here? Yeah, there's a little uh, uh, feedback, not feedback, rather, but a lot, uh, some noise in the background, but not so bad. So tell us where you are and what are you doing? Well, I am currently in line for Pirates of the Caribbean at Disney World in Orlando. <laughs> so this um, is not a tech-related trip, is it? <laughs> well, no. Hey, there's going to be technology. Tomorrow I'm actually taking the behind-the-scenes tour that actually shows the technology behind Disney. So... I'll have some really neat information once I get back. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what actually gets all these animatronics and these rides running. So, but you know, today I'm just doing some research and enjoying the rides themselves. Okay, you call that research. That's cool. Uh, so, are a lot of the rides digitized? Uh, are there lots of touch screens and things around? Things that you're not used to seeing at a theme park? Well, you know, it's really interesting. The uh, they really have pushed technology out here. They're using uh, what's called RFID. Technology now. I mean, for example, me and my family—we're wearing these little, look like little watch bands, and you touch those to get into your room, to pay for your food, to pay for items. I mean, basically, there's nothing to carry them. You know, we, we use this to get into the parks, and and actually, I'm kind of figuring out they really attract like you know things uh, people who have been here before, things like fast passes that allows you to get in the lines quicker. So it really is a lot about technology, and 
the animatronics and some of the scenes. Uh, for example, yesterday we were in Animal Kingdom, and that new Pandora ride just opened up. And, whoa, it was absolutely amazing how they really started pushing that forward. Wow. Well, Wilts, if you have to drop off a line at any time, we totally understand. If I were you, I would not have even called in. So thank you for your commitment to being on the show. You're in Disney and you called into Everyday Tech. So, folks, that lets you know how much Wilts loves the show. Uh, Jeremy. Man, I love my show. Love it, love it. <laughs> thank you, Wilts. Uh, Jeremy, you're also out on a job today. What, what have you been up to tech-wise this week? Uh, well, uh, this morning I had to uh, go and troubleshoot a battery cart at a Walmart distribution center. They use it for, like, printing out labels to stick on boxes that they ship out and stuff. Uh, so I had to go and uh, take care of that. But it turns out there's more work in the future because we're going to have to replace the uh, the thing that charges the battery. But um, uh, I shouldn't even talk because there's no way I can trump being in Disney World. And I, I'm with you. I, I don't think I would have called in either. I think I would have just enjoyed Disney. But Wilt's dedication to this is uh, – uh, unrivaled. I, yeah. I can't compete. <laughs> he is serious about this show. Well, um, I have recently started taking swimming lessons, and I just kind of wanted to ask you guys about uh, protecting devices near water and around pools. Lots of folks are going to be going on vacation. Uh, what are your thoughts on that when you have your iPad or your laptop or your phone? Well, in some cases, you probably shouldn't take it out to the beach. Maybe you should just enjoy the beach. But if your devices are going to be around water, what are some thoughts that you have there? I mean, should you put it in a plastic bag? Uh, start with you, Jeremy. Uh, so there are uh, little bags that you can get that you can put your tablet or your phone in uh, that are waterproof, or at least seemingly waterproof. Always test out these things by putting like a piece of uh, tissue paper or a paper towel inside of it and then closing it up. It's like a little zippered case and then submerging that in water to make sure it doesn't actually get wet because you don't want to find out when it's too late. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to be clear, you know, I've heard that if your phone does get wet, that you should submerge it in some rice. Wilts, have you found this to be true? Well, quite a few times, yeah, the rice will definitely work. Um, one thing that works even better is, is if you've ever seen those, uh, you know, those little bags that will come in some, some items. that It's called Dissican, I think. I think that's how you pronounce it. But it's meant to absorb the moisture, such as like an electronic uh, you can buy them in pretty much these sporting goods stores. They use them in gun safes and some other things. That kind of stuff really, really works well for, for pulling the moisture out of devices as well. Uh, something we had to think about a little bit yesterday, because yesterday we were in Animal Kingdom, and besides the fact that it started to rain, we went on this one particular ride called Cali River Rapids, and uh, yours truly happened to have been the recipient of the largest wave that came over, so for the entire day I was literally soaked head through shoes. Oh. Uh, that included my iPhone. But luckily, now the iPhone 7 is, I don't ever call anything waterproof, but I would definitely call it water resistant. So I wasn't as worried about that. But there were quite a few folks here that are actually using those water, those water pouches like what Jeremy was mentioning. Oh, boy. Okay. So Will said not waterproof, but water resistant. Jeremy, did you also, have something? Go ahead. Uh, yes. Um, if you do happen to get your device wet and it's not resisting water, turn it off immediately. And don't try to turn it on. I would say for at least a couple of days. Oops, sorry. Uh, I would say for at least a couple of days uh, to make sure that it's dried out sufficiently. Because a lot of people will bring a phone into our shop and they'll say, "Oh, I got this week. Uh, I got this wet last week, and uh, I just wanted to know: uh, is there any chance in saving it?" And the first question I always ask them is, "Did you try to turn it on?" Because that significantly reduces the chances of survival. Wow. Okay. 
Um, and since we're talking about iPhones, there's a tech story from foxnews.com that says uh, Apple has applied for an experimental license from the FCC to test the next generation 5G wireless technologies. And this is a report uh, from Business Insider. So, Wilts, this is a story that you put on my radar. Uh, talk a little bit about this 5G thing. Well, you know, the biggest thing is everyone, you know, it's, it's all about the data and it's all about how much we can move it. And so really with 5G, they're really trying to increase the speed, the availability. We're seeing so much coming across our cellular signals now. Uh, it's just it's natural that it moves forward. We're wanting better reach. We're wanting better signal strength. We're wanting faster downloads. I mean, we are not a nation who likes to wait. And we're not a, you know, just a people who like to wait. So, so really, I think we're going to see 5G starting to kind of creep in a little bit. We're going to really see... That, that need for speed, basically. We're seeing the return, for example, of all the unlimited uh, data plans, which I think is a really good sign. They were gone for a while. I think 5G is going to really feed off into that. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I wanted to mention that uh, I have a, a data plan on my phone, and apparently it's not big enough. I mean, I try to use Wi-Fi, but every month I run out of data. And so AT&T does this thing where they slow your data usage down to a max of 128 kilobytes per second, which is a 2G speed. And I thought that was interesting. So instead of charging me for overages, they just reduce my speed to 2G. And, oh, man, it is really frustrating, the buffering and, and trying to just just navigate the Internet with a 2G speed. But uh, is that something that you guys have heard of for other phone companies as well, reducing the speed to about 2G instead of charging overages? Yes, uh, I've also heard of them going back to 3G as well. Um, it probably depends on your carrier as to which one they drop you back to. But a lot of those unlimited plans that they push, they're really not unlimited. Right. Yeah, they have yeah, a they, cap. Uh, yeah, they'll cut off usually at about 22 gigs. Uh, my daughter knows that one really well. She can pretty much hit 22 gigs in no time with her Netflix binging. So, and she's just standing right here next to me. And as soon as she heard her name, she <laughs> gave me the look. So, uh, yeah, she she tells her to Mickey is at me. Yeah. But well, yeah, they will uh, they will definitely you know throttle you down. But I mean, I, you know, for me, I would almost rather be throttled down than get nailed with those big overages because those things can get pretty expensive when they start adding mm-hmm. that data on every month. Yeah, it might be fifteen dollars an extra gig or something ridiculous like that. Um, and one more thing I wanted to mention, uh, you know, kind of in the tech news rain, uh, realm, I my my power went out the other day and. I was able to get it back on totally through automated text messages. You know, it was, oh, your 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 service is going to be back on at this time. Service restored. You've reported a service outage, and I just thought it was amazing that I was able to do all of this through through text messages. Now I had to call at one point, but I never talked to an actual person. I was talking to a robot, and they confirmed my address information. And then the rest of the day, I was being communicated with through text. And I just thought this is a, a really new way of operating in this world of tech where, you know, typically you'd have to be on the phone with someone reporting uh, outages and things like that. Now it's just a text message. And it is it was a little less stressful. You know, I, I didn't have to stay on the phone and hear horrible holding music. I was just informed through my text messages that my uh, outage, my service was going to be restored at this time. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, you know, it's kind of strange. There are so many times that uh, that we complain that we want to actually reach a real person. And I think it's really a case-by-case basis. In, in instances like what you're talking about, I'd much rather deal with an automated system because, you know, again, it's one of those, I don't really need that personalized service. Now, if I'm talking about, you know, talking about my bill or 
or that kind of thing. I want to reach a real person. I get tired of those voice prompts. But, I mean, that's just a, a great example of technology actually implemented right. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, when we get back, we'll be talking about gaming systems. And we'd love to hear from you this morning. What are the current uh, gaming systems that you are using, gaming consoles? Uh, if you want to have you have questions about parental controls for your kids or particular games that may worry you, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. What else do you do with these consoles besides gaming? 877-672-7464 is the number. Additionally, if you have any general tech questions, we will take Take those as well. 877-MPB-RING or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent here today with Wilts Couture and Jeremy Thompson, and we are talking about gaming today. Now, Java, I actually do not recognize that music. That's one of the most famous video games of all time, The Legend of Zelda. Oh, okay. See, I stopped. Let me tell you, I played Nintendo for a few years and Sega Genesis, and I stopped there. And when I had Sega, I would play Sonic and the Hedgehog and Wheel of Fortune and Tennis. And on Nintendo, I played Mario, and that was that was about it for my gaming experience. So I totally did not recognize that music, and everybody's frowning at me right now. But we're going to be talking about gaming today, and if you have any questions or comments about gaming systems, uh, we'd love to hear which ones do you use. Give us a call if you uh, want to let us know uh, about the different things that you do with these consoles and systems other than gaming. Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. If you're a parent and you're concerned about some of the games your children might be playing, or you want to let us know how you kind of watch over those things, 877-672-7464, or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. All right, guys, so the first question um, is, what are the current available gaming systems? And that could take a whole hour to answer, uh, but let's focus on some of the most popular ones, I guess. Uh, we'll start with you, Jeremy. What are the current available gaming systems? Okay, so right now your current generation gaming systems will be your Xbox One, your PS4, Nintendo Switch, and then I always think of it as a console. It's not, but the PC is very relevant when it comes to gaming. Mm. So we can't leave that one out. Okay. So you said this generation. So how many generations have there been of this Xbox thing? Xbox thingy? Okay, no, I was not prepared for that question. <laughs> well, there have been a lot, though, right? There have been a lot. Three of them. Three. Three Xbox. Okay. Three Xboxes, but we've got several generations of Nintendos that supersede the Xbox, so that's a pretty loaded question. Right. But now I'm yeah, seeing... I mean, PlayStation's got four. Uh-huh. Okay. But but now I'm seeing some of these classic Nintendo games are starting to come back. Do you think people just miss that classic experience? Because some of these new games look like real... They're real... The, the characters look real. It's, it's almost scary how real these people look, and I would prefer the classic experience. But what do you think about that? Why would the, the old Nintendo be coming back? So uh, I'll use my dad as an example. Um, when I was a kid, he would play 
Super Mario with us on the Nintendo Entertainment System. But when there became more buttons and, and more sticks that did all kinds of stuff, he wasn't interested anymore. So, it, it, you know, it confused him. So, it, so he can go back to that retro feel. He can get that classic controller in his hand, and he can play Super Mario like he used to, and it's not, you know, it's not too difficult for him. Mm, okay. So talk a little bit about the uh, the hardware that comes with these gaming systems. Um, you know, do you have to be connected to the Internet to use something like a PlayStation or an Xbox? These days, you're definitely going to want to have a solid Internet connection. Um, for your newer games, they always have updates that they download. There's There's no such thing as shipping a finished product anymore. There's lots of modifications and changes, and there's even more content that you can get that adds on to the game that you typically have to pay for. So to really get the best gaming experience, and definitely for multiplayer, uh, you're definitely going to want to have a, a good, solid Internet connection. So, uh, Wiltz, what are some primary difference, differences between today's systems and those of yesteryear? Well, you know, it's just really the, the technology used in them. The graphics, like you mentioned, have really... It's really gotten almost realistic. My son was playing a game not too long ago, and I kind of walked on in, and I was like, oh my gosh, are you watching TV? Hmm. Um, it just really looked realistic. And, you know, the gameplay has just gotten a lot more complicated. I mean, you just see things like, you know, shadows and all these other kind of features. So, so what you're really seeing is that graphical difference, the speed, the realism. But I think also what you're seeing is a lot of the story writing. That's one of the really big things that folks have gotten into with a lot of these. And when you see a lot of gaming reviews, you're going to be talking about the story. It's not, as, it's not as much just the going through and going through some motions and making some achievements. It's about actually, you know, learning a story. Uh, for example, the Assassin's Creed line, those games, they have very much uh, a historic background to them. It was kind of interesting when my son was playing those. There was a lot of things he was learning about in history class. He was ended up playing like in the American Revolution and some other things. So, so they've really got into that story writing, that storytelling mode to really get you involved and make you want to continue playing. Now, you mentioned the word graphics. Um, so, how much does it matter what kind of television you have? Do you have to have an HD TV or a smart TV to get the full benefit of the graphics offered by these games? Definitely. I think you would definitely want an HD TV. You've uh, if you've just seen some of these things playing, they're just gorgeous. That's the only way I can think of to describe them. And, and uh, you'd really be missing out a lot on the experience if you did not have that visual effect. Okay. Jeremy, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. You definitely need at least an HG, HDTV uh, in order to get the full gaming experience. Um, some of the consoles will actually work on some of the older TVs using those component cables, your red, white uh, connection, your red, white, yellow connections. Uh, so it is possible, and there's also still the uh, the the older HDMI component connections uh, that were like your green and your blues and all that. Some of the TVs still have those connections. Although uh, after recently installing a TV uh, over the weekend, um, they're phasing out a lot of those connections. So everything really is going to HDMI. So it's going to be it definitely in the future uh, most beneficial to have a high definition TV with HDMI inputs. 
All right, we are talking about gaming today. So if you are an avid gamer or maybe you're a beginning gamer and you want to uh, call in, we'd love to hear from you. 877-MPB-RING is the number. Let us know what gaming consoles you use. What do you do on your devices other than just gaming? If you have any concerns as a parent about the types of games your children are playing, you know, this is summertime, they're going to be on these video games a lot, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. We do have a couple lines open. 877-672-7464. You can also email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Additionally, guys, if you have any general tech questions that are not gaming related, give us a call as well. 877-MPB-RING. Uh, so can you guys talk about some of the accessories that would be needed for these games? Uh, you know, Jeremy, you just mentioned particular cables that may or may not be needed anymore. Uh, but how many game controllers are we talking about here? Do we need virtual goggles? Um, do you need headphones so you can interact with other people? Uh, what what kinds of accessories are pretty common with gaming? So for your standard uh, line of consoles, no VR headsets or anything like that, uh, you've always got a wireless controller now, and typically the best thing to do is get some kind of uh, rechargeable battery pack. Uh, sometimes it's something that you plug directly into the controller, and other times it will be a cradle that you set the controller on. But if you game a lot, you're definitely going to want that convenience of being able to set that controller down and get, it, get some juice in it so that way the next time you pick it up, it's, it's ready to go. All right, Wilts, go ahead. Yep, yeah, sorry. Uh-oh. Oh, I was going to say, you know, and, um, and especially like with your, your Xbox and PlayStation platforms, another thing typically folks will use will be different versions of headsets. Uh, you'll have the microphones. I know one of the big aspects that I really enjoy whenever I'm gaming is the camaraderie with some other friends. I mean, yeah, we are talking, you know, basically voice over IP. We're talking across the Internet, but I'm actually able to play with I, some of the guys I play with live out in Florida. They're over in... Liverpool, England, up in Canada. So a good quality headset. And another thing that comes in handy for us, especially if you're a gamer and you got some folks in the house who don't want to listen to your games, you can actually put on some pretty good headsets that can actually imitate and bring all that sound to your head and not disturb everyone around you. Uh, that was especially important when my kids were a lot younger. Wow. Okay, that's cool. Um, Go ahead, Jeremy. I'm also on, I'm on board with the headset. In fact, I'm actually talking on a gaming headset right now because it gets good clarity. It cuts out all the background noise. Uh, they work really well. And if you're going to be doing a lot of gaming, especially on your Xbox and your PS4, the multiplayer experience, like Wiltz was talking about, if you don't have that headset, you're going to lose out on a lot of the experience of that game. So definitely look at getting you a good headset. Uh, there are both wireless versions and ones that plug directly into the controller themselves. And I actually kind of like the ones that, con that plug into the controller better because you don't have to remember to recharge those specifically. And you can also carry it uh, like with you, you know, with the controller. You've always got it right there with you. When you want to take it off, it's easy to manage it. Uh, Wilts, what about you? Do you like a wired headset or a wireless? Uh, I'm kind of a fan of the wired myself as well. You know, I've used some of the wireless, but I mean, I'm kind of like you. I mean, the battery is eventually going to run down. I'm not that far from my Xbox, so it's not like I'm really uh, losing a lot. So I like to just plug in. Maybe I'm a little old school that way. All right, we do have well, a call. Oh, uh, uh, go ahead, Jeremy. Before we, we'll get to you before we get to the call. Go ahead. Well, I like the uh, the whole plug-in headset thing because it's usually a universal type headset. It doesn't just fit that controller. It fits any of those gaming console controllers, and it also fits in your phone or in your computer. It's, it's very versatile in what it can do. 
All right. We have a call to get hey. to. Uh, well, let me tell you one thing. I'm getting deeper and deeper into this ride, and I'm noticing my cellular signal is getting weak. Okay. So if I do end up losing y'all, um, y'all have a wonderful day. I just wanted to kind of throw that on out there. But uh, just in case if I drop, I want to let you know. All right. Just a reminder, folks, Wilt is in Disney World. If for some reason he wanted to call into the show and be a part of the show, and he's in line for the Pirates of the Caribbean, Caribbean, whatever, however you say it, ride uh, at Disney World. So if he drops off, that is why, because he's at Disney World and he's on the phone for some reason. We do have a call. Jason is in Meridian, wants uh, to have a question about gaming. Good morning to you, Jason. Uh, good morning. Uh, well, it's not more of a question, it's more just a comment. Uh, it's interesting that I said that earlier about uh, we're going back to older games, because I'm actually, uh, I'm a, I'm 23 years old, but I'm more of a old school game, because I have uh, a lot of GameCube games. So I've always preferred older games than new gen. That's just me. I love, a lot of my friends make fun of me because I still got my Nintendo 64 and my uh, GameCube. But uh, that's really it. Uh, I do enjoy the Xbox One. I do have it. Uh, I prefer to like it for more uh, multiplayer game. I think uh, the Xbox, uh, I guess you could say Microsoft, has stepped up their game with uh, talking about playing games multiplayer. While I feel like Nintendo is more of a... Like the Zelda game, like that to me is just more of a multiplayer, more of a one-person type of thing or a family thing. Like you have a uh, Mario Party 8. So I've always looked at it as Nintendo's are more of a family uh, gaming system, while the Xbox uh, companies or the Xbox One is uh, more of a multiplayer. So I always looked at that as, as, as that. That's my point of view with that. Okay. All right. Some good yeah. good thoughts there, Jason. Uh, any thoughts, Jeremy? Yeah, I definitely agree. Nintendo uh, has more of the family experience. They've got a lot of more of the, the games that you're going to play together right there with the two controllers in front of you, whereas your Xbox and your PS4, like I was talking about earlier, those are more for like a single player playing with other people over the Internet on, on other consoles. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think Nintendo kind of embraces that, that family, that bonding experience, being able to play games right there together like Wii Bowling or uh, there's the new one for the uh, Switch called Snipper Clips, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's, they're, they're always looking to, to have that fun party experience, like with their Mario Party games and Mario Kart. You play all that right there. You can play them online, but half of the thrill of those is, is you know, getting frustrated and throwing down your controller because you, you slipped on another banana. <laughs> all right, Jason, thank you for your call. We appreciate it. Yeah, you know, one thing that uh, Jason mentioned there, and I had to kind of reiterate, I mean, I got to, you know, my son's 16, he loves the game, but I noticed a while back we, we went on another vacation, this was a couple of years ago. And at the location we were at, they had what's called an emulator, and that's uh, basically a computer that's designed to play a lot of the older games. And one of his comments, even with having the Xboxes and all that kind of stuff around, he really enjoyed those games as well, just like what our caller was talking about, just for the pure fun factor. There's a lot to be said for those older-style games just for, for being fun. Yeah. All right, well, we are going to take a really quick break. When we get back, we have Miranda on the line to get to. Um, so we'll get to Miranda after the break. And also, we have a couple lines open if you want to join the conversation. This morning, we are talking about gaming. We'd love to hear from you. What games are you playing lately? And what do you do on your game consoles other than just gaming? We'll talk about video conferencing. That's something you can do. We'll also talk about parental limits. 877-MPB-RING is the number. 877 Six four is the number to call if you want to talk about gaming or if you have any general tech questions or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio.
If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent, joined today by Wilts Couture, who's broadcasting live from Disney World, and Jeremy Thompson, who's on the line with us, owner of Phone Surgeons and Computer Doctors in Hattiesburg, and Java's played another video theme song that I don't recognize. What's this this one, Java? This is another edition of Stump uh, Sharita. Uh, this is Tech Mobile. <laughs> oh, okay. 1989 Nintendo Entertainment System. <laughs> okay, I was two. That's why I don't know what it is. But Jeremy probably knows, and I think we're the same age. Jeremy, did you recognize that theme music? I didn't recognize the music, but I have played Tech Mobile. Okay. Awesome game. All right. Yeah, we were two, so we have excuses. Hey, what year did Tom say? Y'all say 1989? Yes, 1989, Wilt. Oh, that's when I graduated high school. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you youngin'. You probably helped develop the game. That's cool. 877-MPB-RING uh, is the number. We're talking about gaming this morning. We'd love to hear from you. What games do you play? Do you look at gaming as a family type thing? Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. What else do you do with your gaming systems other than game? We'll talk about uh, video conferencing in just a moment. And if you're a parent, how do you regulate how your kids play their video games? 877-672-7464 is the number. That's 877-MPB-RING or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. And we have a couple calls to get to. Uh, before we go to that email, we're going first to Miranda, who's in Jackson and wants to talk about gaming. Good morning, Miranda. Good morning. Hey, what do you have I for us? A, I had a quick question about, so I used to manage a GameStop like eons of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And so I know that games change and the systems change every six months or so. And so I know back then from ages of, you know, kids that were three years old used to come in for games. And also older and elderly people used to come in to buy video games just to keep their minds sharp and to help with reading for kids as well, educational. What game systems these days are uh, conducive to educational games and games that help to keep your mind in shape? Mm, Good question. Okay, I never thought about that. Uh, Jeremy, what do you think? Uh, well, I also really haven't thought about that because when I'm playing games, I'm trying to just, you know, just win, zonk out a little bit and just <laughs> have some fun. Uh, but as far as games that will keep your mind sharp, I would say there's um, quite a few of those online. Um, like, uh, oh, what's that one? Uh, I'm sorry, the name slips my mind. It's It's like a mental game. Uh, there's a bunch of different little games that you play. Uh, it, the name completely slips me. Um, as it's far like as you need to uh, play the game, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I need, I need to log in and uh, set it up. Um, I'd say for your consoles, there are puzzle games and things like that, and also there's a bunch of mobile games that would be like memory games. Uh, there's there's a bunch of different ones of those as well. I I don't do a lot with the educational games though. 
Wiltz, are you any more experience on that front? Wiltz is getting on the Pirates of the uh, Caribbean ride. So, yeah, he dropped off. But maybe we can get some parents to weigh in as well and uh, let us know what kind of educational games they uh, use for their children or let their children play. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. 877-MPB-RING is the number if you want to weigh in on educational games for kids in particular. Uh, We'd love to to, uh, hear from you. 877-672-7464. What's the name, Jerry? Lumosity. Lumosity. Okay. Yes, that is a that is the brain training company they claim, and those are the ones that really have the gains that have been tested, and they've seen mental performance increases in people that play those games. Most of your console games, I, I don't know how sharp they're going to make your mind, but I have heard that they do help people deal with uh, depression and anxiety and different things like that. So um, maybe not memory, but still some mental enhancements of a different kind. Okay. Java, you had something? Yeah, I just was thinking back when I was um, in elementary school, we would always play a game called Oregon Trail. And that oh, was oh, yeah. uh, it was it was more of a strategy game, but you did have to uh, think about how you would uh, basically ration your food and uh, how much you wanted to carry in your load because you were taking a trip uh, across the Oregon Trail. And you would lose the game and everybody in your group would die. <laughs> Usually dysentery oh, uh, <laughs> or something really sad. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have an email to get to. This one is from Mary. Uh, Mary says, oh, wait, it was up. Okay. Hi, Everyday Tech Team. I'm a Ph.D. student in Hattiesburg listening in this morning. As someone who studies pop culture, I'm interested in the recent waves of video games that could be considered, for uh, lack of a better phrase, video games as art. Specifically, I'm thinking of games like The Last of Us, Soma, Heavy Rain, etc. Games that try to do something beyond providing a fun experience. Uh, does the crew have any favorite video games they would consider art or artistic? Ooh, that's a really good question. I have never played any of those games that she's mentioned. I'm going to have to check those out. That was Last of Us, Soma, and Heavy Rain. Uh, yeah, I don't get a whole lot of time to game. Uh, as far as Art as game go, and I'm, I'm probably going to make somebody angry when I say this, but there was a game that came out uh, about a year ago called No Man's Sky, and it has some of the most beautiful scenery and, and just – like it's, it's a space exploration game. And so you literally go from planet to planet harvesting for resources, and that's, that's pretty much all that you do. But it is very visually stunning. And I was I was blown away with the with the graphics and the art in that game. So I would definitely check out No Man's Sky. Okay, No Man's Sky. All right. Oh, girl, going back to the phones. Alan is in Brandon with a gaming comment. Good morning to you, Alan. Oh, hey, Sharita, how you doing? Hey, doing great. I, I, I was going to say it, it, it's probably good that, that Wilts dropped out off because if if we started hearing the theme from It's a Small World, I was going to have to shut the program. Off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, it, yeah, I, I've never been much of a gamer, but I just wanted to comment. I think the, a part of the reason that, that there's a lot of nostalgia for some of the old games ha- has to do with user interfaces and stuff. I mean, you, you can have the best idea in the world, but if you, if you don't program, whether it's an application or whether it's a game or whatever, to make the interface easy to use and simple and stuff, uh, 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 you know, the app or the program just can really take a hit. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of I think a lot of those those older games. I mean, and I think it's like Jeremy. I think Jeremy already referred to this. It's just they're just easier to use and stuff, and they're they're easier to play. I think a lot of people like that. And even some of the younger kids nowadays like it because I mean, 
I mean, the ideas were good, and the interface was good. It's just uh, they're just fun. And I mean, granted, I know the new games must look great. I mean, cause like you say, the graphics are like unparalleled, and they're just unbelievable. But a lot of times, with all that power, comes a lot of complexity and stuff. So uh, it, it just makes the, uh, the the game the game experience, I would think, more difficult. But I just wanted to comment and say that. So uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, that's it. Yeah, I agree, Alan. Simplicity, user-friendly, user-friendliness, uh, those things do uh, go hand-in-hand hand and just kind of make it a more relaxing relaxing experience because I've seen it get pretty competitive <laughs> uh, when some of these games get really difficult and you get so ambitious and serious about beating it that the fun is, is you know, sucked out of the game sometimes. Jeremy, what do you think? Um, I, I can agree. I, I think that as games have gotten a little more uh, complicated, they, and also some of them just really, really hard. Although I will say that even though some of the earlier games were more simple, they were also darn near impossible. I remember uh, Ninja Gaiden specifically on the Nintendo. That game was very, very difficult. So it, it, I, I feel in a lot of ways some of the games have been made easier for people to play maybe not necessarily easier to use or learn how to play it, but once you get the hang of it, they, they're not as difficult as the uh, the older games. Okay. Thank you, Alan, for your comment. We appreciate it. We'll go next to Eric, who's in Clinton, and wants to talk about educational games. Hi, Eric. How you doing, Sharita? Doing great. First time uh, listener here. Uh, interesting to jump in on listening to straight talk and then y'all talking about video games. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, so what, what what educational games do you recommend? Well, there's uh, he talked about Lumosity, and I did want to speak about Lumosity real quick. That it is a good game, a good system to be able to use. But uh, as far as console games and things and whatnot, uh, if you look at some of the older games, the older consoles or the handheld consoles like the 3DS or Things like that. They have games called brain teasers. Like literally, it's called brain teaser or something similar that that has a bunch of games that have these kind of functions in it that people are looking for that would help sharpen their mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to drop that and let it, let people be aware of that. It's like on the old on the old uh, Nintendo DS or the 3DS. It's either you can buy them or you can download it straight off of the uh, the Nintendo Workshop. Okay, sounds good, Eric. And you said you're a first-time listener? Yes, ma'am. Excellent. We also have a podcast, by the way. If you subscribe to the Everyday Tech Podcast with any of your podcast apps, you can just go back and binge listen to us. And we appreciate you uh, listening in, and we hope it's not the last time. Thank you, Eric. We appreciate you. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Jeremy, any thoughts on that? The Brain Teasers. Yeah, there are uh, a bunch of older brain games for uh for the DS and any of the the handhelds, none of the names specifically came to me because, like I said, I, I don't play a lot of games like that. And I'd like to know how much research they've put into the effectiveness of those games and how well they really work. Uh, because I don't know if a lot of them are developing games that are seemingly educational or if they're actually effective with memory and concentration and so forth. Okay. Uh, we have an email, Jeremy. This one is from Beverly. I have a Dell laptop and intranet, but don't have Wi-Fi set up. Do all printers, which advertise themselves as wireless, also have the ability to connect through USB ports? I don't know if all of them do, but I would say that a vast majority of them will. And they, they should all, but uh, 
yeah, most any printer that you go out and get, you should be able to plug that USB cable directly into it. Now, uh, the printer itself also creates its own Wi-Fi network. That's called a direct Wi-Fi. So if she has, did she say it's a desktop or, it, she said no Wi-Fi, so I'm assuming she means no home internet. She just said she has a Dell laptop and internet, but doesn't okay, have Wi-Fi set up. Okay, mm -hmm. right. So if it's a laptop, then she's definitely got wireless on the laptop. And there's a way to turn on direct wireless on that printer if she didn't want to run a cable directly to it. All right, second part to that question. Do you have a recommendation for an inexpensive, low-use, basic printer? I don't print photos um, or rarely, and the price of cartridges is outrageous for many printers. Okay. Uh, truthfully, I would look past the inkjet printers, pay a little bit more for a black and white laser printer up front because the toner cartridges in those will give you thousands and thousands of pages, and you can literally get them off of Amazon for about 25 bucks. So I'd go the laser printer route, monochrome. Okay, monochrome. All right. It's time for a break. When we get back, we'll wrap up the conversation about gaming systems. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're asking if you're a parent, what educational games do you recommend or video games to keep the mind sharp? Uh, how do you monitor what your children are doing? How, how much time do you let them spend playing video games? Give us a call, 877-MPB-RING. Uh, let us know what other ways do you use game consoles other than just gaming. 877-672-7464 is the number. If you have any gaming questions, or comments, or if you have any general tech questions, we'll take those as well. You can also email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be back in just a moment. You're home for the art. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Jeremy Thompson. Uh, Will Scutrier was on with us earlier, but he, he is at Disney World, and he actually got on the ride while he was on the phone, so he dropped off. But we are talking about gaming today, and, and there's still some time for you to join the conversation. If you want to talk about gaming, if you have any questions or comments, let us know what gaming system is your favorite. What games are you playing right now? How do you monitor, monitor how much video gaming your children do? If you have any questions about parental control, give us a call, 877-672-7464. We do have some lines open, 877 Seven MPB ring or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. All right, Java, what was that? Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. Oh, yeah. You knew that, what Jeremy? One? No, I didn't. What was the one before the break? Yeah, what was that? That was Mike Tyson's punch out. <laughs> oh, man, I said Mega Man. I knew that was wrong. Yes. Yeah, I would totally lose this uh, category on Jeopardy or whatever. I would totally lose this. Uh, if I'd have known this was going on, I would have studied beforehand. I would have been like, yeah, that's punch <laughs> out. All right. Um, so, Jeremy, talk a little bit about, we have a couple calls lining up here, but could you talk a little bit about what else you can do with gaming systems other than gaming, um, video conferencing, talking to, to folks? What can you do? Yeah, you can uh, video chat. You can uh, use them as direct messaging uh, consoles, like you can message user to user, you can use Skype, there's lots of different apps and things that you can use for them, and they're also really good as set-top boxes with your Netflix and your Amazon and Hulu and so forth. 
Okay, that's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Any quick thoughts on parental controls? Is there just an easy setting that parents can use to kind of monitor what their kids are playing? Yes, if you go into the menus, there are uh, parental control settings. There will be codes that are required to download apps or to act, uh, access certain content. All right, uh, we have Gary in New Albany and wants to talk about games and grandchildren. Gary, good morning to you. Uh, yeah, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I just thought I might make a comment. I've got two or five grandchildren, and uh, I'm an old retired electronics guy. So, And uh, I've got everything from uh, PS2 all the way up to uh, Xbox One. I say all the way. I mean, just I've got two gaming systems, 360 and up. And an Xbox One, and I, I basically have set parent, parental controls and the weekly timers in accordance to their parents' requests um, accordingly. Uh, as far as games, I've got a couple of five-year-olds and uh, and another 14-year-old, and they've pretty much been grown up on them. But Minecraft uh, it, appears to be a fairly uh, good, engaging, simple game, even though it's, uh, uh, it doesn't have the resolution that you expect out of modern hot HD games, but it, it seems to be, they, they, apparently they, they, they're doing some research on it now, and they think that it actually is beneficial for creating new uh, brain cells in younger children. I just thought I'd give you that comment there. All right, great comments, Gary. Uh, we appreciate your call. Jeremy, any follow-up comments to uh, Gary? Yeah, so uh, Minecraft is actually, uh, yeah, that's that's a really good one for kids because there's not a lot of, like, violence or anything in it. There are things that blow up in your face, and you do have to kill certain things with swords and stuff, but there's not a lot of blood or any, any kind of real graphic violence. Um, and also, Minecraft has, that is a game as art, definitely, because there are people that have created all kinds of different things in Minecraft. There's even somebody who's created a prototype, like, processor that actually computes things. In Minecraft, it's definitely uh, expanding people's horizons and teaching kids how to be creative because you can build all kinds of different stuff in Minecraft. All right. Good call, Gary. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. We're going next to Robert in Gulfport. Uh, has an iPhone emergency. Good morning, Robert. What's your emergency? Oh, yeah, yeah. I have, first of all, I'm not tech savvy at all. You guys happen to be on the radio. And uh, my phone this morning, I think it's a 5S. Okay, mm-hmm. and I was working on it. It was about fifty percent charged. I noted, and I was checking emails, doing everything. I went outside and uh, came back in. When I came back in, the screen was blank. I mean, it was black. There was nothing on it, and so I just paid my bill recently. I knew it wasn't service, and then I emailed somebody, had them call me, and it went to my voicemail. So I'm pretty sure that it's not service. You guys can tell me again. I'm a tech idiot. Um, but I tried to do, like, you know, press the little round circle at the bottom, and then I press the thing at the top on the right-hand side as you're looking at the phone, then I pressed them both together. When I pressed them both together, the apple came back super faded. You could hardly see it, and then it immediately went away, and I tried it again. The apple came back, and it immediately went away. Um, so, I, like I said, the phone just before that was about 50, 48 to 50% charged, so um, did the battery go out? Because my friend told me if a battery goes out on a cell phone, on a smartphone, then 
you need a new phone. What do you think, guys? Uh, no, that's not true. Uh, you definitely you may need a battery, but you don't have to replace your phone unless your phone is having some other kind of issue. Now, when you say you held the buttons, you held them for 15 seconds until you saw the Apple, and every time you see it, it would be super faded, and yeah. it was hard to see it. Okay, um, it's hard to tell if that's your battery or if that's an issue with your phone, but you definitely need to take it into a shop and get them to, to check it out and see if a battery will fix the issue with it. But you may have some other issue with your phone. It may need to be reset. Um, you haven't gotten it wet or anything, right? I'm sorry, what was that? You haven't gotten it wet or anything, have you? No. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would I would definitely try a battery first. That's going to be the, the quickest thing to see if you can fix it. But if, if it is just the battery, then it's definitely easily easily replaced. And any, any clients out there listening, uh, if you have a battery issue on your phone, you may not need a new phone. You may just need a battery. So that's, I would say that's, that's not great advice, telling you just to replace it. Well, again, it's my friend. He works for a financial institution. He doesn't know anything about, you know, check you guys. Are the, uh, but, uh, yeah, like I said, it's a little bit strange because it was working fine. I went outside, came back in, and it was completely blank. So I'm on the way now. There's a little phone doctor shop there to see what they say. And, uh, listen, I won't get a bill for you guys for an ER visit, will I? No. <laughs> no, <laughs> you will not. <laughs> Anyway, thank you guys for being there. I appreciate it. All right, Robert, thank you so much for your call. <laughs> we appreciate you. Okay, we have an email from Mario500. Hello, I have these comments about the idea of considering video games, works of art, and the idea of categorizing persons who tend to play video games. I would consider any video game a work of art. I would suggest not categorizing persons who tend to play video games since almost any person who tends to play any type of game could be considered a gamer. Thanks for reading this message, and may the rest of your day be great. All right, thank you, Robert. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, do you have a, a poem? I do have a poem. Okay. Uh, a whole universe for anyone. Are you ready for this kind of fun? Exhilarating and a little frustrating. Don't throw that controller because this ain't over. <laughs> okay, good. See, Java didn't even have any uh, video music, video game music playing under you. See, you failed, Java. I can do better next time. I get to continue, right? An uh, extra man, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess yeah. you do. I guess you do. All right, uh, Jeremy, closing thoughts on video games. You know, summer is coming up and kids are going to be playing video games a lot. Uh, do you recommend, you know, taking some breaks? Uh, I've seen some of these video games that can be pretty violent, and I don't know the, the mental effects of them. And I don't have kids either. I'm just concerned. I want kids to go outside some. You know, video games are cool, but get some sun. But your thoughts on, to, to parents uh, when it comes to video gaming this summer? Well, I will say, uh, you know, not to embarrass my mother here, but I played violent video games when I was a kid, and I turned out <laughs> all right. So I know it looks bad, but they're just kids, and they're just experiencing things as it comes and goes, and they know it's not real. Make sure they know that it's not real. Um, as far as playing the games, uh, every couple of hours, take a break, go get you a sip of water, go to the bathroom, stretch a little bit, and go outside and definitely get some sunshine. All right. Jeremy, thanks for being on today. We appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you. This has been Everyday Tech. If you want to listen to our podcast, please subscribe. If you have a podcast app, you can subscribe to us that way, Everyday Tech. Also go to the website, mpbonline.org slash everydaytech. You can subscribe that way and listen to past shows. Java Chapman was our DJ and board operator today. I believe Jay White was our call screener. 
Yes. All right. Stay tuned. The original Southern Remedy is coming up next with Dr. Rick DeShazo. This is Think Radio on MPB.